Hi, you're listening to a sermon from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. We're so glad you're listening. If you'd like more information, you can visit us online at oakhills.org or phone us at 916-983-0181. This is the story of how it all started, of heaven and earth when they were created. At the time, God made heaven and earth before any grasses or shrubs had sprouted from the ground. God hadn't yet sent rain on the earth nor was there anyone around to work the ground. The whole earth was watered by underground springs. Well, God formed man out of the dirt from the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. The man came alive, a living soul. Then God planted a garden in Eden in the east. He put the man he had made in it. God made all kinds of trees grow from the ground, trees beautiful to look at and good to eat. The tree of life was in the middle of the garden, also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there divides into four rivers. The first is named Pishon. It flows to Havilah, where there is gold. The gold in the land is good. The land is also known for sweet-scented resin and the onyx stone. The second river is named Jihon. It flows from the land of Cush. The third river is named Hadakal and flows from Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. God took man and set him down in the Garden of Eden to work the ground and keep its order. God commanded the man, you can eat from any tree in the garden except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. The moment you eat from that tree, you're dead. God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. So God formed from the dirt of the ground all the animals of the field, all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man named the cattle, named the birds of the air, named the wild animals. But he didn't find a suitable companion. God put the man into a deep sleep. And as he slept, he removed one of the ribs and replaced it with flesh. God then used that rib he had taken from the man to make woman and presented her to the man. The man said, finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Name her woman, for she is made from man. Therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and embraces his wife. They become one flesh. And the two of them, the man and his wife, were naked. But they felt no shame. This is the word of the law, Lord. You can be seated, but you guys already got that. It's, it's built in. Uh, Colleen is fairly convinced that I picked that version of the creation story so that she had to say all the hard names. Um, but I think she did an excellent job. So give Colleen a round of applause. Very impressed. <laughs> well, around 19 summers ago, I came to the very first arts camp here at Oak Hills Church, and I was a nerdy, awkward sixth grader, not at all popular or cool in any way, and for whatever reason, I was really into the color lime green, as is evidenced by the picture on the screens <laughs> behind me. Um, those of you who are long-term Oak Hills, you'll notice the shirt. It says Big Big House on it, which basically is like 20 years ago and was awesome, and it had lime green balloons, and you missed out. It was super fun. Just because of the lime green. Um, 
I also, you can't tell from the picture, I had a hard time making friends with kids my own age. I just was very socially awkward. I always did better with adults and kind of just behind the scenes. I, I was not an upfront person at that point in my life. Um, and I never got to come to arts camp as a camper. Because that sixth grade year, I was still in, which we don't even have anymore, I was in year-round school. And so I went to school the first half of the week, and then I had the last two days off, and so I couldn't sign up for the whole camp. So I didn't go. Um, but one of my friend's moms invited me to hang out upstairs in the tech booth for the last few days and observe. And the past few months, I'd already been observing and learning multimedia and sound and lights uh, over in what is now the family auditorium. Uh, back then, it was freshly off its days as our main auditorium, our church gathering place. And let me tell you, it had quite the cutting-edge technology in it back in the day, including a pre-PowerPoint presentation software called Astound that only let you go backwards one slide. You couldn't go any more back than that, so everything had to be in perfect order. Um, it also had this video mixer, which allowed you to do like a really primitive green screen, like wet, like the weathermen have, and they do this stuff. So we would play with it and like have a green wall, and you could select it and put like backgrounds on it. It was all glitchy. It was classic late 90s, early 2000s technology. And then finally, the tech booth had not one, but two VHS players. It was the peak of luxury. My friend's mom had taken the time to notice that I was socially awkward and reached out and pulled me into a behind-the-scenes ministry role, uh, where little did I know it would start to set the foundation for much of my life and time here at Oak Hills. You see, for the very first time, I laid my eyes on that glorious lighting board upstairs. The first time I touched a gel which for you non-lighting designers are the little sheets of plastic that color the lights. The first time I moved a fixture and focused it and closed the barn doors and adjusted the focus, there was an instant spark inside of me. And the pun is very much intended there. (laughs) For that time, that very first time, you find your creativity and inspiration. Or that time when it's reignited for the second or third or fourth or 112th time. It leaves you with the desire to create more. To perfect your craft. To spend time exploring and learning and investigating and taking in everything you can get about it. It is an invigorating feeling as if you are fully alive and more fully human in that moment. Since those early days as an awkward sixth grader, I've been a part of choirs and bands and theater productions and taken stage lighting classes and produced shows. And somewhere along the line, I took the leap from behind-the-scenes ministry here at Oak Hills into more in-front-of-the-scenes ministry, starting in children's. Having gone from a tech kid who hid in the tech booth to being pulled on stage for skits and dramas to being asked to lead a kindergarten small group as a middle schooler, which is the most terrifying thing you will ever do in your life. Because as a middle schooler, you don't know who you are and you have a bunch of kindergartners and you're in charge of them and mind-blowing. To then coming on staff uh, as the children's productions assistant, then on to upper elementary and elementary and 
Uh, I end up getting my degree in family and children's ministry over at William Jessup, uh, and then middle school pastor, communications director here, and then moving down south to San Gabriel, uh, working with Holcomb as the family pastor down there, starting our own arts camp down there, and I promise I'm going to shut up about me. Well, like five more seconds. <clears throat> I want to say a lot of my life has been lived here at Oak Hills. And all but one of my summers since that sixth grade year has involved arts camp here. And so without sounding too stuck up, I feel as if I can say, arts camp is an incredibly special and unique community that I have not encountered elsewhere in my life. And before we all pat ourselves on the back and say, good job, we created something really cool, which you did. It's not the physical camp itself that is special, although it is pretty fun. It's not the physical camp that is special. It has nothing to do with the location or the building or the color of our camp t-shirts or the way that we sit and are arranged. It has nothing to do with that. Because this style of arts camp, this idea of arts camp has traveled to Brazil and has traveled to San Gabriel and the summer is being done in San Diego with Syrian refugees. It's not the physical camp or the location that is special. But it is the concept of uniting the generations around creating and living in community. This is what fosters the environment for the Holy Spirit to show up that week and show up, she does, every year. And so today's soul-storing, I cannot say this to save my life, soul-stirring story. Today's soul-stirring story is the story of creation, which, like clockwork, is told at day one of arts camp every year. Because without the origin story to unite us all, to explain why we are all here, to explain why we are human, why we create, why we search for meaning and community and have souls, there's simply no reason to gather and create. Just pack it up. Home. The late Rachel Held Evans says in her latest book, Inspired, Slaying Giants, Walking on Water, and Loving the Bible Again. She says, we look to the stories of our origins to make sense of things, to remember who we are. The role of origin stories, both in ancient Near Eastern culture, from which the Old Testament emerged, and at that familiar kitchen table, where you first learn the story of how your grandparents met, is to enlighten the present by recalling the past. Origin stories are rarely straightforward history over the years. They morph into an amalgam of truth and myth and nostalgia and cautionary tale, the shades of their significance brought out by the particular light of a particular moment. And the Bible sweeps you into that epic story in which you are not the central character. And we are lucky enough to have one of these unifying stories written down 
in poetic form, in verse and meter and rhyme, by Jewish scribes desperate to preserve their faith tradition, their foundation, written down during a time of turmoil where they themselves were at risk of losing their own identities, at a time when other creation stories were being forced on them. And might I add, Creation stories marked by anger and hatred and lust and vengeance. Not the love and creativity and community and abundance that so thankfully plagues our story. And if this at all, these alternative origin stories at all are sounding familiar to you, then we're on the same page. Because we have alternative stories offered today. We all live our lives guided by some sort of story. Perhaps it's the story of achievement that guides your life. That if you succeed and do well and perform with excellence, that you will live a worthy life. Perhaps it's the story of consumerism. That I am what I buy. My house and my car and my business and my things define me. Maybe it's the story of needing to be loved that defines you. That everything I do is to fill the desperate hole inside me looking for anyone or anything to love me. Perhaps maybe it's a pseudo-Christian story. That if I believe the right things and follow the right rules and try super hard just to be a good person, that it will all work out. But I'll tell you what stirs my soul about our creation story. Is that it contains none of those above things. While the Israelites were fighting off origin stories of power and lust and anger, we today fight off stories of achievement and consumerism and cultural Christianity. What stirs my soul is that I was created in the image of a creator who was already living in community. And this creator had such an abundance of love that this creator bursted forth new creation and new community. And then, to top it all off, desired to live with his new creation. This creator being so wonderful that even when we choose to live our own stories apart from him, he allows us to and still loves us. A creator so loving that he does not force life on earth or eternity with him, but graciously gives us time and space and a whole playground of an earth to decide. Whose story are we about? What stirs my soul about this story is that the Hebrew God, our God, was willing to sit with us, sit with his creation And allow him to name things, to guide and form creativity and imagination. From our scripture earlier, so God formed from the dirt of the ground all the animals of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man named the cattle, named the birds of the air, and named the wild animals. And so much like our creator sat with us and formed us and guided us and lived in community with us, we too follow in the footsteps of him 
We walk in the ways of Jesus, guided by the Holy Spirit, creating in the image of God. An arts camp is an example of this. For each day, we sit with each other and we form the next generation. From 7.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., we live in diverse community with a multitude of people from various backgrounds and age groups with a plethora of stories of their own. And then we create. We cook. We bake. We dance. We sing. We paint. We draw. We sculpt. What serves... I still can't say it. What stirs my soul about arts camp is that it is an inclusive, level playing field that welcomes anyone and everyone to the table and declares that you are loved, that you are created with purpose, and that you have a reason to create and a place to create. It is a yearly reminder and inspiration to campers and shepherds and teachers and track leaders and parents that when a community gathers to tell the story of God, even if not all the members know it yet, that when a community gathers, soul-stirring moments happen. That this big God story, this never-ending table of welcome, is open to all who care to hear. Will you pray with me? Creator God, we thank you for this incredible story of love. We thank you for blessing us with creativity and imagination and wonder and inspiration and compassion. We are truly in awe of you, in awe of your love and your pursuit of us. Lord, teach us how to share this unbridled love with others. Guide us in peace and patience as we build longer tables to share with your creation. May our tables be welcoming and affirming places. May they be tastes of Eden and eternity for anyone and for all to gather and create. Amen.